safe at home. And it is the With Lime podcast back for another week, and I'm your host, Paulie G. You can find me on Twitter at listen to Paulie G, P A U L I E G. And a very warm welcome to the other side of the world. Ben Tompkins back um, with us uh, from Aspen, Colorado. How are you, Ben? With Lime. With Lime, Paulie. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> Very good to hear Amazing. you too. Thanks so much for coming back on. I know when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, we thought, let's check in and just see how things are going there on the other side of the planet. I think that was a lyric on one of our songs, wasn't it? Um, but um, here we are, where we're literally doing that. And um, I know you guys have been through a lot. And, you know, obviously in Australia, we've been fairly fortunate in comparison. But certainly our sort of hearts and our thoughts and everything go out to what's been going on in the USA. Um, But perhaps there is some um, good news or positivity in sight because the the flattening of the curve is starting to occur over there as well. Yeah, we're getting over the edge of the preposis, um, which was definitely not a lyric in our song. But um, (laughs) amazing episode, your last episode, that you had that very cheerful Belinda despite what you've been through, uh, anyone gets a chance to listen to episode 10. It's you very fortunate to have you know, give you that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think we're getting over the cliff, and hopefully we're looking down over the edge of a cliff that's going to improve in, in the coming days and weeks, probably. Uh, the other thing that's really hopeful is the comparisons I'm hear- hearing, you know, Q&A and, and, and in the Australian media and here in America too, what it, how we've forgotten what it must have been like in these similar times in history, like after the Second World War, yeah. when, 1930s. you know, politics, we'd walk over the boundaries of politics a little bit more and really come together and um, certainly seeing that in, in some of the rhetoric and um, people looking to work together, whether it's employers and employees or yeah. um, owners of properties and renters. Yeah. And it's... Um, mm. What's what's happening over here, over there? With you've received some a stimulus amount. I know here we're still sort of waiting a lot of applications. There was uh, yesterday um, it was opened up for JobKeeper, and obviously Centrelink have been working on their thing. I don't think any payments have been received yet for the increase in the Centrelink payments, but it's all in the pipeline. Um, but over there, you've already received some stimulus. That was the first thing that was announced nationally here in the United States. Um, and I must say, when I heard people I know personally saying they got the um, the amounts in their bank account, that yeah. was the moment, you know, when we went, oh, it's actually happening. And that is, to answer your question, up to any individual who makes up to 75000 American a year was receiving a $1,200 stimulus. Yeah. And as a couple, it was um, uh, two thousand four hundred. Yeah, right. Um, and any any amounts over, it slowly degraded the stimulus as you go up to ninety nine thousand as an individual, and I think two hundred thousand or something as a couple. So it's helpful. I mean, uh, I kind of feel they should have done that here. To be honest, I'm just wondering why. I mean, you can sort things out at tax time. You can say, well, actually, you got it, but you didn't lose your job, therefore you have to kind of pay it back or whatever through your tax. But if you need it, you've got it. Uh, that's where I feel the Australian government is a little bit of failure. And you don't read much about it in the um, through the media. You hear a lot about these packages getting announced and all the good work they're doing in announcing the packages, 
you're not really hearing of how the follow-through is, the fact that Centrelink is, was overwhelmed, let's face it, before this pandemic and is now completely overrun. They've hired 5,000 new staff, but they're still way behind. They've got to do overtime and they don't expect to catch up for the rest of the year uh, to all their work. So this is, this is the situation in Australia, and that's years and years of taking money away from the public sector. And that's not just uh, it's not a Labor Liberal thing because Kevin, Run, Kevin Rudd was one of the first to do it, slashing the public sector. So it's certainly not about politics. It's, it's a, it is, everyone is to blame for this, and, and it needs, needs to be, it needs to change. It just needs to change. You can't, you've got to be able to deal with crises. You can't have it just in time um, when you're dealing with things involving health and education and other important public um, use and public institutions. And I think hopefully after this is done, we'll see an adjustment in that in this country and, and learn from these mistakes. Um, what about, and you talked a bit about landlords and tenants, you work for Aspen Art Gallery, you can find your work www.aspenartgallery.com. Um, what are you doing there? Obviously having a closed, um, probably expensive piece of real estate, is there a way to sort of work with the landlord for that? How does that sort of happen? Well, in the same way that you see, you know, uh, our Prime Minister in Australia, change his tune from the beginning of this to having to bite the bullet and then doing the, the job keeper and when he yeah. when he had to and um i think landlords here are you know under pressure that other people are, are doing things but our situation here is we're moving to a new gallery and they're, they're helping us out because they're connected to the five to ten years will be committed committed to a new space which is going to be wonderful um whereas the people that we're currently i'm standing in a gallery our old gallery here now um, you know, we've, we've essentially paid all that out already. So yeah. they're not really offering us anything because the money's in the bank for them. Yeah. Um, so it's just about, you know, betting on the horse called self-interest. Um, but there are certainly people when it's in their interest trying to do everything they can to secure that longer-term lease moving into the, the, the future. What we, what we should be mentioning too, Paulie, is, you know, um, not since you know, the Aussie digger jumped over a trench or yeah. um, since, you know, we you know, went into battle in the Second World War or even that, that we've Great seen depression. a multitude of people all around the world knowingly, you know, it's one thing to put yourself at risk to, to make some money and still keep afloat. It's another thing to do it knowing that you're putting your family and yourself at a potential risk with doctors and nurses and uh, even right. even... It's amazing how people are realising where the real value is in, in workers on the planet, like someone who's got to go to a random house and change the plumbing because someone's yeah. still got to do that. You know, Paramedics, and put themselves at risk, police so. heading to people's houses to deal with, you know, awful like death, death upon death. Um, these people are the, the true heroes, you know, the, the quiet people, the unsung heroes, really. Um, and I just spoke to my brother uh, in New York yeah. And it happened to be ticked over seven, so he had to run out onto the balcony there in Brooklyn, and you could oh, hear wow. all the people ringing their bells and cheering wow. all around the city. At that, that's a tradition there in New yeah. York at the moment. So, well, they've been hit harder so, than nine eleven. I mean, this is this yeah. is worse than that, you know, which is unimaginable when you know um, a year ago to say that something like this could happen. 
it, it's kind mm-hmm. of the it, it's kind of hard to um, to fathom some of these areas, and it's why it's important that the lock, lockdowns continue for as long as they need to, just to stop this wild spread where the hospitals and the and the staff can't. Um, they they they're just overwhelmed. They don't. There's not enough staff and not enough facilities to look after these people. And I know that there's going to be a bit of backlash in regards to economy. But I look at it. It's the big pause. And if landlords and banks can start to come together even more, I know the governments around the world have given out a lot. But maybe if they can come together a little bit more as well and put things on hold, interest on hold, for example, um, things like that might really help. Just Put the pause on, the pause button, you know, like on your, your old DVD player, if you still own one of those, and um, just say, okay, for the next six months, no more interest on your loan. If you're a landlord, just pay the taxes. Just pay what, you know, is required. Like, I'm not going to accrue interest on this. And what they did, you know, back in the day after the Great Depression, um, where the, the people that owned had a lot of the wealth, said, you know, this is up to us now. We'll pay 90% in tax. 90% in tax is what they did to get over over that hump. And to and not for life, but just, just for a short period of time. And I notice in Denmark that some of these bailout packages are only going to be given to businesses that don't have tax havens abroad. And I think that's brilliant. Because why would you give money to someone that's been stealing money from your country for years? That's what doesn't make a lot of sense. So some interesting things that are starting to change around the world. And um, I just wonder how, you know, I wonder if they'll sort of continue. I mean, there's certainly food for thought. We have seen some changes already. Um, But, you know, the question is, which way will we go? What's your take on everything over there in regards to November? Obviously, you've got an election, a lot of changes since we last spoke. We now have a, a Democratic uh, candidate in Joe Biden. Um, everyone else has kind of stood aside, last but not least Bernie Sanders has stood aside for him. Um, but will it even take shape in the form that we're used to? Will people be able to go to the polls and vote or will it have to be done in a different format? God, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> wish I knew the answer to that one. Uh, look, I'm getting uh, Democratic emails hoping for signatures on bills that they're trying to pass to allow in-mail voting or right. online voting so right. that... So it's already uh, begun. It's, well, the big obstacle is trying to open up the pathway for people to vote easily as opposed to having to show up in huge crowds because... You know, the vote, the, the vote suppression here is a little bit more, um, you know, it weighs towards the Republican side that it's in their interest to do different programs to try and, you know, submerge the vote, the, the, the accessibility to just get a vote done. Their, um, their, their data suggests that when less people vote, they do better at the polls. And the Democrats' data exactly. suggests when, exactly. when more people vote, they do better. So, there's, so hopefully there's, it doesn't. Yeah. Hopefully it's just you know sense, and there becomes a, a moment where the country can uh, find a platform to make it even easier for people to vote. And this is a moment where that whole obstacle is is overcome a little bit for America. Is, um, is there a chance that they'll just say it's going to be too hard? Like the Olympics will move it back a year. Is there a chance they'll move it back six months, twelve months? Four months ago, this was more being more addressed in the media. 
Uh, and it, it seemed pretty clear that you can't just push back an election. It needs to happen. Okay. But uh, I don't know, maybe... Some of the state elections have back. been pushed back. Some went forward, went, went ahead, like Wisconsin. The primary process, um, but, yeah. The but primary, some the, have The primary been... process went back, oh, yeah. Yeah, so interesting. So... That's yeah, it's fascinating to see what that what will happen with that, and that, that comes it. down to Congress. And um, but otherwise, it could end up being a, a hugely um, sub, submerged um, election where mm. yeah, hard to gee, you get this, the lowest the lowest amount of turnout in, in American history. You know. Yeah, this is something we need to, I think, keep an eye on another few weeks. We should revisit it, if you wouldn't mind, coming back on the podcast. Before we run out of time, I did want to talk a little bit about your work with the art gallery and maybe different ways to to sell the art now that the actual gallery itself is closed. And also the fact with people being at home, maybe you're out there listening thinking, I'm spending more time at home, maybe I'd want to have a look at some... You know, I, I want to have my place looking how it wants. Nice art on the wall, for example. I mean, you're spending a lot of time indoors, right? There's maybe there's things there to suggest now's a good time. To log when this on. all really struck that my boss and my mentor, uh, the owner of the gallery, um, Damien Giat, he's from Louisiana, I was like, "Man, if you're going to spend four months inside, you might as well have something beautiful around you." That's right. That's right. <laughs> if you're going to have to look at the walls. But uh, look, truth be told, the, you know our gallery is known for celebrating the fact that there's something about art that can only happen in person. You know, I, yeah. I couldn't describe my wife very well compared to you meeting her. We couldn't yeah. hear a great rock band from an album cover. We can't, we yeah. can't taste food from just looking at pictures. Um, That's the challenge. And, and it's a beautiful thing in this digital age to just have a human experience with art, and even even with videos and photos and a lot of the work that I'm doing are with people that at some point had a uh, had a human experience with the art in person yeah um yeah. to be honest um, so that's that's then the when you the other side of the coin is say you know these these war, classic warhol prints and and the things that were replicated are quite simple and you know what you're getting from looking at a digital photograph whereas what we're known for is is having something that that, that has a lot more to offer you need to um, see when it. you see it in, in, the flesh. in the flesh. Well, Ben, I hope that these times you're able to navigate and, you know, obviously for everyone out there, you know, we're, we've got the same um, thoughts and feelings and I really appreciate you coming back on the show and I really would love to catch up with you again in a few weeks. We'll talk a little bit more about maybe those elections and other things that's happening in America. Um, of course, you can find Ben, www.aspenartgallery.com and um, thank you again. Appreciate you, Paulie. In 50 years when we're 80 and they need us at universities to just talk about this famous podcast and how we look back, <laughs> uh, I'll, right. be, I'll be there in a wheelchair with you, mate. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. And all of course, the best you to the great Australia. You can find all our music on uh, YouTube. Subscribe there, Generation Jack. Type it in and um, we're putting more up. We're getting more out there as uh, time goes on. So do that. And you can find me on Twitter at listen to Paulie G, P A U L I E G. See you next time.